honestly, what I've noticed throughout my my situation um, over time was that there's one word that they never use. None of these abusers and enablers use. This is the My Sister Said podcast, and I'm your host, Uche Amaneke. If you know me from my YouTube channel, you know that I'm all about that active faith life. But I also know trusting God with your Sunday through Saturday and your eternity, it takes practice. So in this podcast, I am diving deeper. We are going to be talking about everything from spiritual abuse to a biblical view on twerking. Yes, our faith is not just religion, it's real life. This is what community looks like, people. Hello. It's Uche. Welcome back to My Sister Said Podcast and my Lessons from a Predatory Church series. All right, and this, and this series is all about spiritual abuse from religious trauma, how to heal from it, how to identify it, and how to keep yourself safe from these manipulative situations. Okay? So this is kind of a late night rant for me. I was just reading some things online and um, I just wanted to talk about some of the buzzwords of enablers of spiritual abuse and how to combat them. (laughs) There's honestly one way to do that because these buzzwords like um, reconciliation, like some of these buzzwords are beautiful words, really biblical concepts, but by a predatory church and by um, manipulators and toxic individuals and narcissists in the hands of these people, these beautiful concepts become weapons. They're weaponized and they become tools that are used to manipulate just people who actually take their faith seriously. Some of these buzzwords are things like reconciliation and forgiveness and um, um, trust trust and unity what's really in, but what's really interesting what i've always noticed um honestly what i've noticed throughout my my situation um over time was that there's one word that they never use some of these abusers and enablers use and that's truth that's just telling the truth it's one thing that's never actually said um, when it comes to exposing spiritual abuse, when it comes fr- to holding leadership accountable, never the truth. And it's really interesting because, you know, most people know the, you know, the biblical terms, the biblical, um, you know, in scripture, it says the truth will set you free. And of course, that's speaking of the gospel, but on a, in a very real sense, the truth is like magic. It really is. In terms of just dealing with and recovering from spiritual abuse um, or religious trauma, the truth will set you free, especially in ter- especially in terms of in terms of not feeling that guilt or that um, that weight of pressure to forgive quickly and reconcile quickly, and that you don't look like a Christian if you don't do those things for the abuser. The truth will set you free from that. Um, and I mean the truth as in what actually happened to you and what the people who are saying, give, saying these buzzwords are actually asking of you. 
because there's a point you're going to have to admit to yourself and tell yourself the truth. I am not able to do that right now because of my healing journey. And that's the truth that I had to tell myself when I felt guilty about not being able to forgive or reconcile or trust my church, you know, or quote unquote, seek unity with them, whatever those buzzwords are. Um, So yeah, I'm telling you this is a rant because I did not write any of this stuff down. Um, But um, I guess for me personally, I'll give you just an example of what I mean by the truth. Um, For my situation with my church, they would, uh, I had a couple conversations where I was encouraged to be patient with the leaders of my church. I was encouraged to manage my expectations, lower my expectations, but that's not really a buzzword, but they were asking me to be patient, to forgive. People would ask me to forgive and to reconcile. And that worked kind of to guilt me for a little while, especially when people talked about patience. But then I asked myself, what exactly are you asking me to be patient for? Like, no one at my church would admit that there was a problem. They wouldn't admit that my leaders were racist. They would not admit that um, racial prejudice is a sin that needs to be taught about in church. They wouldn't admit that it was wrong, that it hadn't been taught up to that point to their majority white church. And by, you know, using that buzzword of patience, I could have been silenced or felt guilty. But when I asked the question, what exactly do you want me to be patient with? I also, another question came to my, or another, you know, thought, another realization came to my mind. It's like, hey, you would not be asking me to be patient unless you knew there was a problem. So basically, my, the leaders who are telling me to be patient know that prejudice is not being taught and recognize that it's an issue, but no one's admitting it. And so in turn, they're asking me to be patient, to endure that prejudice, endure that, you know, sin being allowed in my church for an indefinite amount of time. Because I also, you know, asked the question, I was like, well, how long am I supposed to be patient? Because it's been 20 years since Watermark has been open and they have never taught a sermon against racial prejudice. So this is an indefinite thing. And I had to tell myself the truth. And the other truth that I had to tell myself was that was what actually is happening right now in my church is the fact that to this day, my church has done nothing to ensure that racial prejudice does not kill a member of their church, that someone's racial prejudice does not end up their sin of racial prejudice. Let me be really clear. does not end up killing a black member of their church. That although there have been so many examples in the history of this United States, especially of racism and what the role racial prejudice plays, especially in the lives of black people, that they have yet to do anything to stop that from happening. And then also the truth that they're, 
you know, ministry about anti-abortion stuff, pushing for laws and having adoption and a foster care ministry to ensure that, you know, unborn children don't get killed in abortion. They've done all of that to ensure that that sin gets addressed, to make sure it does not end up in the death of a child. Yet they will not do anything, not open their mouths and say something to prevent that happening to the black people in their church. And I had to be real with myself. And that truth literally broke a part of that trauma bond or whatever that was there. Like, oh man, maybe there's a, you know, there's progress or maybe something's going to get better. They're talking to me. Maybe I'm like, no, the fact is, the truth is that nothing's been done. And they know nothing's been done. That's why I'm asked to be patient and not asked, not told, oh, you're wrong. We've done this, that, and this, and that, and this, and this, and this. They can literally point to things that they've done actively in regards to abortion, point to it. But instead, they rely on telling me to be patient. The truth will set you free. <laughs> so when people are telling you, um, I'm, I'm, old, I'm reading a lot about the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention. When, you know, some individuals are telling victims, like, oh, look, they came out with a statement um, acknowledging something was wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they didn't talk about the truth of the situation in their church. The truth is that they hid, covered up abuse for decades. They allowed people to be abused by not holding abusers accountable for their crimes against people, their sexual crimes against people that God loves. Say all the words. Every word that you don't want to say in the truth of your situation, say them. Because you will recognize the abuser and recognize that you are putting hope and faith in someone who has no interest in helping people. You can probably hear my ADHD right now, but I'm just like, the truth is, it's magic. Once you have that in mind, it's really hard for someone, your eyes are, your eyes are opened. So it's really hard for someone to, to lie to you once you know the truth. And that's why, like, I have not let up against my church. I have not let up against them and they're like we try to meet we're trying to meet with you i'm like "Mm, you're trying to meet with me under the threat of arrest you don't have good intentions you know it's just honestly when you start telling yourself the truth it's it's things aren't as simple but yeah, that's so my rant is over. I don't even know if this is a rant. I don't even know if I'm gonna post all this, but I'm I don't think I'm gonna even edit edit it. But anyhow, it's thanks. Have a good night.